Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we try and come up with five, five sketch, sketch ideas. ideas. Uh, I'm Andy, and uh, sitting opposite me. Yeah, exact opposite on this circle. <laughs> uh. On the other side, coming to me, coming to you from the other side of the table that yep. we're sitting at mm-hmm. is Alistair. Well, you'd heard me before, so it, was, it would have been no surprise that I was going to be here. Um, where, not... where do you think is the most surprising location in which to turn around and see someone standing right behind you? Okay. What about Mountaintop? Mountaintop is very good. Yeah. Excellent answer. If um, you've just climbed <laughs> Mount Everest solo, yeah. maybe in the off-season. Oh, I see. That makes yeah. it even more uh, more unlikely. Turn around, and I reckon in that situation, it would be more surprising to see someone you already know. You know, a lot of the yeah. times, like, you know, a, a, a stranger is, 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 is by definition strange. Yeah. But in that situation, a, uh, they would a close be... acquaintance right behind you on Mount Everest, well, that would be very strange indeed. It would be seeing a, seeing a strangest. <laughs> strangest, dangest. Yeah. Um, but then again... The, the mountain climbing community might actually be quite small. Close-knit. Yeah, and so... Uh, and you've probably been spending quite a, <laughs> quite a bit of time at base camp. <laughs> yes, And so you've probably got true. to know everybody who's on the mountain. In a way, you know everyone. Yeah. You're likely to come across, especially the, the solo Mount Everest hiking community. Yeah, yeah. If you can't have a solo community. <laughs> I guess the hermits? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the solo Mount Everest community is just a Facebook group group that they all go on and antagonize each other to try and destroy one another's spirits. Oh, yeah. Because so, so, so none of them will go on an yes. expedition with them? <laughs> well, so that I, I think if you're climbing Mount Everest by yourself, you probably are in it for the glory. And there's only so much mm. glory to go around when it comes to those kinds of achievements. You yeah, know? I don't know if there's any glory left in it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like <laughs> you think Mount Everest is wrung dry of glory. Yeah, it's like like I, I've I've written this idea down ages ago, which I haven't been able to find a place to use it. But it feels like the real. Well, Everest, that's what the podcast is for, Alistair. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it here. The real Everest for people who climb Everest is trying to come up with a unique way of challenging <laughs> themselves. Yes. You know, it seems like they've just kind of, they've gone, oh, yeah, it's Hollis Mountain, you know, that's what everybody does, yeah. so I'll just go and do that. Come on. I Come mean, up with something new. Because, I mean, when, when, once you're doing it these days, I mean, obviously it's a personal challenge still, and it's f- physically it's a challenge, but, like, the path has been all, like, paved out. Every, like, you know, 
to be, there are Sherpas that do it as a if it's somebody's day job, it mm. can't be that big a personal. Oh challenge. my god! Although, didn't you say, or somebody was? I was talking to about Mount Everest and said that uh, that Tenzing Norgay, mm. who went up Mount Everest with Hillary, his son became a Sherpa. Okay, and even he, and that is like a big thing for him. He's only been up there like fifteen times or something to the top. Yeah, I say only. Yeah, I mean <laughs> he's he's only. But then Done he, it. he he may have gone up to different parts like, oh, you know, numerous that's times. That's a very right? good point. Mm. Yeah, I'd say he's like up and down, skipping between the camps. And the, yeah, because right, I think I on think the it, reg, I don't know how often they you know you get a actually good going to the top is probably mm. yeah it's also good. a bit pointless after a while. What would be sort of maybe impressive at this stage would to be to be to climb almost all the way to the top. Yeah, and then not you know stop just a foot. Short of Mount Everest because that really is the Mount Everest of self control. Oh, absolutely! You know, it would be very is... <laughs> challenging to, to go really close to the top and then not go up because you don't need that. Yeah, because you've conquered the ego. Yeah, which oh, is the that's so much better. What what a what a frosty peak that is! Uh, and then that, imagine how much you would win over the other people on your expedition. You'd be like. Yeah, I don't need to go up to the top. I mean, it's a huge ego boost. Which I've is... got a, I've got a lot of other stuff going on. I'm, I'm actually very secure in myself. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm writing a song at the moment. <laughs> I'm learning the ukulele, and that's what he does. I'm learning like, the dulcimer. Yeah, that's what he does. Sort of 15 meters from the top, like while they're all up there getting photos and putting a flag in and shit like that. And he just changes like, his mind. He says, "Nah, this isn't my thing." I'm no, gonna... it's not for me. Actually, I kind of been wanting to work on some of these chords. <laughs> I'll see you down there. I'll see you down. And he just gets out his toboggan, starts riding down. Um, and he's and as he as he rides, he yells, "I'm free!" Because he is. He's truly free Tr- truly. of vanity. Yeah. You know, so in a way. Hillary, Sir Edmund Hillary, he he conquered Everest, but he he failed. He, you know, he he was a victim of what's the opposite of conquer? He was defeated by yeah. his thirst for Everest. Yeah, you know. So in a way, <laughs> I mean, and it would have been even an even bigger achievement back then because he would have he would have been like giving up on the possibility of being that's, the first to reach that's the true. top. That's true. Unfortunately, <laughs> he was too weak. To not make it to the top. But it, he also gave up on his opportunity to give up on the opportunity to make it to the top, you know. He 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 could have... It, he failed to fail. He failed to not climb Everest in a way that is much more significant than all the people who have failed to not climb Everest so wait, since then. Wait, are you saying that if he had by not, not going for the bigger achievement, yes. which is not making it all the way to the top, <laughs> he was kind of the bigger man? No, well, I was trying to say he was the lesser man. Oh, but oh. but no, when you put it like that, he does sound good, doesn't yeah. he? Uh, <laughs> I don't need to not make it to the top. <laughs> I don't need to be the bigger man. I'm happy to accept that I'm a man with an ego. <laughs> oh, God, that's good. <laughs> um, uh, okay, I'm going to start writing it down being... So so Hillary and Tenzing both refused to say who's, you know, for, or at least for a long time. I think eventually one of them might have said it. But who actually set foot first on the top of Everest? Like, in you know, it was very noble of them that in interviews afterwards, people would always say, "Well, who actually put their foot there first? Mm. And they would say, "Well, 
you know, we did it at the same time or something, you know, to say it's not, we, we, yeah, we both did it. What if they actually, neither of them did it? But how, like, how do we know? How do we know so, that they actually did it? Was is there a photo? Did they like write their initials or something? <laughs> they pissed on the snow. <laughs> like uh, Tenzing. Subsequent ex- ex- expeditions came up and sampled the DNA. Oh, I mean, that is would there be DNA the in piss? There must be. They, I'm sure you it's could get some bit. out of it. It's got to be a bit. Like it probably. It's acidic, so it probably wears away at the inside of your like your your main vein. Yeah. And, right. And <laughs> and discards some shedded cells on the ground there. But maybe, I, look, actually, I don't know if this is, would be the case, but maybe the, the perfect way to prove is that you actually just take a big shit on top of Everest and you leave it there. And so then over time, like, you know, people can always go back and test who was there, who had been there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just a tuft of hair. A but big shit. A big shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, and then through the ages, they'll just be, you know, mm. more shit. I mean, a lot of people and, talk and, about And as a result, Everest will get higher. And what that really means is that over time it will continue to be become a bigger challenge, a bigger achievement, especially yeah. if it's covered in shit. Yeah. <laughs> especially if the last hit. fifteen meters of Everest, yeah. you were climbing over people's like, frozen shit. A, then yeah. I'd be like, "Ah, oh, it's an achievement again. Well done to you." Yeah, well, no, well done. Oh, but then, and actually, in that case, it would make it less of an achievement to not climb Everest. You know, yeah. to, the because because. It really is that last little bit that's the the real work. That's right, yeah. Even if it's the last meter. Because then it's really a psychological battle mm. rather than just being a guy who's like climbing stairs. And also a cold. hygiene battle. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, but I think there's less bacteria up in, you know, in the really cold and stuff. I think there's less chance you can get infections and stuff. Oh, that must be a relief. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I know my dog used to eat his frozen shits. Yeah, yeah, in the backyard. I think because you know it's, they're mostly flavorless at the time. You know when you put like a frozen raspberry. In your, right, sure, sure, sure. You mouth. don't get it, so it's easier. I mean, if you let it way. melt in your mouth, then it becomes. <laughs> but dogs don't do that. I don't know if dogs do if they want to savor it. Our dog eats a lot of shit off mm. the road and stuff. Yeah, right. But I've never seen her eat her own shit. Hmm. And I think. Do you think that's to like remove other animals' scents? You think they're like she's like oh, I'm gonna no no this is my territory. You think you think you you think you won by <laughs> shitting here. Uh, again, we see, uh, Mister Jones, that there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take away. <laughs> you know, it might have been it might have been Tenzing's shit that she's been eating around the place. Maybe Tenzing's been Tenzing. You reckon I got a couple uh, a Tenzing t- down in Brunswick West? Yeah. Oh, Andy, don't reveal where you live. <laughs> you know. Nah, it's a big suburb. No, nah, you're right. not going to find me. Oh, yeah. You're down by the sewer. I am. I yeah. am quite close to the, the ditch. The ditch, yeah. I took the my big son, ditch. I took my son there the other day. You took your son to the ditch? Went behind a, a fence that was blocking the way. You trespassed with I, your son? Yeah, I trespassed with my son. Wow. But, but he's not of, you know, arrestable age because he's uh, 14 months almost, so... What is what is the age beyond which you can be arrested? Because you can be a juvenile, you know. Oh, you you think, think they could have put him in a juvenile? <laughs> <detention> <laughs> <center>? <laughs> <Toda> juvie. <laughs> well, there's juvenile, and then there's like he was mostly carried a lot of the way. Right, so it's probably in a in a way kidnapped. Yeah, he has a lot of kidnaps. He does. Mm. I was thinking about that the other day. That like a kidnap is actually a terrible crime. But a catnap, 
It's just a nice rest. Look, I didn't think about it for very long. No, but so, but that's, that, that is interesting because what mm. happens if your cat gets taken by a man? What is that called? Is that a cat napping? I think it might be. Uh... Ah, once again. Yeah, I have nothing. That's com- well. It's not. It's not a once again thing. No, but it's, it's, it's a crime. Time. It's just a crime. Alice, this is an appalling crime. Yeah, it's just a shocking an indictment on the state of you can't you can't even leave your bloody kids in the backyard because people are trespassing with it, or your cats in the backyard. You people know. are trespassing with their kids and taking the cats. To taking their kids into your backyard and to stealing take your the cat. cats. Yeah, I that's mean right. that's endangering their kids. <laughs> that's like me trespassing with my son. Mm. Um, it feels weird to be a person who has a son. It doesn't. Really suit yeah. me heaps, but but it's but it's been very good. You've 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 had a pet in the past. You had a dog growing up. I had a dog called Nindathana. Really? Yeah. Is that a spiritual name of some kind? Uh, I believe it was the name of a property. Ah. Uh. Yeah, and so I think they grew peaches there. Yes. Maybe dripstone peaches. I said. Uh, I think they were the size of your head. Hey, did your parents grow these? No, my these are my uh, ancestors. Ah. My great grandfather. Did you say dropstone peaches? Dr- dripstone. Dripstone peaches, yeah. the size of your head. I think so. That's from from the way that people have described it to me. Not the size of a human head. A human. An head. adult human's head. People, a peach. Like like a, like a small pumpkin. How do I not know about? Are they do they taste like a peach? From the sounds of it, they they they, they sounded like they tasted like a peach, and that they were good. <laughs> I mean, this was their livelihood back in those days. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know if you know if there's any if there's any of that this species left. Dripstone peaches. Yeah. Well, my grandfather did open an arboretum down in that area. An arboretum. Yeah, it's a fun word. Yeah. So an arboretum so, is a something with trees. Yeah, it's a tree, like a tree area. museum, tree, a tree museum, like but tree but, area. Like it's like tree. an un, it's an unsuccessful orchard. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a successful. <laughs> Arboretum. Arboretum, yeah. So you, it's just to come and people come and look at the trees? Or yeah, is it a nursery? Like, yes, it's like a tree museum. Yeah, but like it's outside, so there's no building, I don't think. There might, there might be a fence. Yep. But it's like, you know, like a like a, like a a garden. What's a, what's the gardens that people make? Botanical gardens. Botanical, yeah. It's like that, but, but with just trees. Wow. My grandfather used to collect seeds. I'm, I'm getting really deep into boring stuff now, it feels, but... That's fine. Yeah, yeah. He collected seeds. What do you think of those people who collect seeds with the idea that after the apocalypse we're going to need to replant everything? Do you, do you know about that? It's yeah. like I think I think uh Glenn Beck used to advertise on his show in America that you like that you would get a a package sent to you which has a whole lot of like heirloom seed varieties of all these, you know, tomatoes and and yeah. grapefruit and Tripstone peaches. It's going to be like there's going to be an unbelievable if if that happens, like you're underground, yes, and then like everything is wiped out, and then you yes. come out with your box of seeds. <laughs> it's going to <Right>. be. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be devastating to biodiversity because there's like what do you got like six types of seeds? Look, no, it's going to be devastating to you having to wait <laughs> until you get your first crop. <laughs> well, oh yeah, that's going to be crazy. <laughs> I mean, but that like, and also you're you're planting them in a wasteland. <laughs> oh 
<laughs> I know. But that, is, that, that has always been crazy to me is how long it takes to grow food. Like, yeah. Where you're like, okay, I'm hungry. What are we going to do? <laughs> we got to grow. <laughs> we got to grow our own food. Wait, what, what's it going to take? Ah, three months? But also you've got, you've, got, you've got a little packet of seeds there, mm. right? You can plant those and wait for them to grow and then eat your tomatoes. I'm betting you eat those seeds. I uh, like how like yeah it look I mean it'd be nice you just have like a trail mix yeah I'm just gonna put all what, my egg all what it really is it's just a, <laughs> just a tra- think of it as scroggin yeah think of it as a bag of scroggin uh, but but in the movie into the wild he the, the boy dies because he ends up eating his potato seeds and I think they're not edible is that what happened I think so that's oh, why he dies shit. He was, I, he was pretty hungry. I thought he just had like some kind of uh, berry off a bush or something that wasn't cool. He shouldn't have eaten it. It was an uncool bush. He died of uh, it's not not just it like, not being chill. He died of kind of hysteria, like you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uncool, man. I had a thought about coolness. Yes. Do you think I had a thought about coolness as well? You do yours, okay? And I'll have, I'll be over here being cool until you're ready for me to. I do can't. Mine. I can't exactly. Like I don't know. I can't. Remember the thought exactly. Okay. But do you think that coolness... That's pretty cool. But do you think coolness is kind of like where it originates? Is from being in a very kind of horrible area. Yes. Right? Where to show emotion was something that that could get you beaten up. Right. And so the coolness basically becomes this kind of like the the toughness that you put out uh, as a protective device. So that you, you so you, so so that you aren't hurt, right? So so like you know you like like in the wire kind of tough neighborhoods and things like that. Yep. Right. And and so in a way, it's just a defense mechanism. But then people like see it and they go like you know. But then you see it outside of that situation. You just see a guy on stage who's like, I'm unbothered. Like yeah. That, and you go like, Oh, look at that guy not being bothered by regular society. But that's because just in comparison to uh, the kind of regular life that he was leading. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Threats of violence. You know, uh, it's actually, in a way, it's what it is, is cowardice. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay, so what what has happened is this guy has been in an awful situation. He's been in prison or something like that, mm. right? And he's been probably traumatized, probably traumatized. brutalized. Yeah, or, or, right. he's, or he's done this in order to avoid those things. Uh, sh- sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, either way, as a result of imminent brutalization or actual brutalization, yeah. he's come away sort of a, a little bit shut off from the world. Yeah. And you're saying that is like the little the little reward, his sort of nature restoring the balance is like, oh, now you're cool. Now you're cool, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're dead inside, but hey, you're cool. Well, maybe on the inside he's still alive. You're welcome. But, but, but he's had to make himself look dead. But then it also kind of comes across as cool. Mm. But really, it's, it's fear of showing who you are out of fear of beating, beating up. I, 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 that is that that what you just said is pretty much my thought about coolness. Really, is that like I am, and I've noticed it. I've just become aware of it, really, like a lot in the wake of the U.S. election, of being like I would love to be able to express or try to articulate my feelings about political and social issues mm-hmm. and I'd like to be able to post like a heartfelt message on Facebook or Twitter about how I feel about things. Yeah. But the thing that stops me is like fuck this is so uncool. It's pretty it, un- it yeah. is so uncool. 
but it's, and I want I want to like get away from that. I want to, you know, not have that feeling. Yeah, and so, but, I, it, but also I don't want to be a guy who posts about his feelings all the time because that's not cool. Yeah, I think maybe it's this. This is why those things bother me. Is because I judge them sometimes, and then I go, "Well, I'm not going to post it because then people like me will judge it." It totally, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I, I hate the idea of me being the kind of person who posts that stuff, but I also hate the idea of me being the kind of person who never says anything of value because he's just protecting his ego. Yeah, no, see, you're right. You're right. We're we're just like we're just like Edmund Hillary. Yeah, <laughs> um, slaves to the ego. Okay, now. Is there a sketch in any of this? Oh, I, I thought that there was something funny about the idea of coming out from underground, right? You've okay. got your seeds. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, everything's been destroyed and you've got to decide about whether or not you plant them and wait for them to grow or you just eat them, hmm. right? And maybe it's like, what is it? Is, is there, is there, are there two groups of people? One who's got a, like a bomb shelter where they've got a whole lot of canned fruit, food, right? Yeah. And... Uh, and and then another person who's gone down there with a box of seeds, right? And the person with the box of seeds comes out and is like, you guys are so short-sighted, okay? You're going to eat that, and then you're going to have nothing. I've got seeds, all right? I'm going to plant this, and I'm going to have food forever. And then he ends up eating the seeds because he's so hungry. He can't wait for, <laughs> wait for it yeah. to grow. Or it's two groups with seeds. Yes. And then one starts planting them, and then the other guy goes... Oh, that looks like so much work, and he just eats the seeds. And then the other people are like, "You're so stupid! You're eating your seeds. That's you can't have any of our food when it grows." Yeah, and he's like whatever, like that, and he eats them. And then he finds this big store of food somewhere down the road while he's just walking around eating seeds. This and is just, just, and he's like a can factory, like an old can factory. That... This is just how you plan to survive <laughs> after the apocalypse, isn't like it, Alistair? Like just like just around behind a tree, yeah. Just this big pallet of cans, like, and, and then another ca- pallet of can openers. What? <laughs> <laughs> but all the can openers are in cans. Oh no! Oh, oh no! But they're no, they're in those plastic sealed containers that like, you, <laughs> you know, can't get it. You can't open it. But then he needs it. But luckily, there's a pallet of box cutters. Oh, that's so worked it's, out. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> what, but I, 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 that's that's all very well. I don't know if your payoff is quite there, Alistair. Yeah. What if what if it's just like they plant all their seeds? Okay, right. He starts eating his seeds. Mm-hmm. Then they get really hungry, and their seeds are all in the ground, so they can't eat them. And they come over and ask if they can have some of his seeds. Is that is that a punchline? It's not quite, is it? And then he goes, yeah. And then they try and they go, oh, it's a bit bland. <laughs> or or he goes, no. And then they go into the ground. And they start like going through the ground trying <laughs> yeah, to get trying individual to... <laughs> seeds out. That's, oh, surely uh, there must be like, surely you could probably just tragic. eat dirt. It is tragic. Yeah, I often think about this, actually. About eating dirt? About eating dirt. And like, you must be able to get something out of it. It's organic matter. And like grass... Can we get any? Can we get anything? Can, you know, don't you can't tell me we don't get anything from eating grass. We must be able to. eat If we grass. get something from eating spinach, make a little salad. Right, it's not that different. Yeah. Uh, what What would you like if you had just like leaves and right? If I've grass. only just got no foods, yeah. 
Right, no, none, no traditional like food foods, no yeah. edible. Cons- what is traditionally considered an edible food? Yeah. I've just got the contents of my garden. Is that the question? What do yeah, I? Yeah, eat? sure. Okay, like you got, yeah, you got whatever's just on your lawn. I'm probably going to start by eating flowers because for some reason I feel like they're going to be like roses. I think would be quite nice to eat. Oh, well, rose water seems lovely. Rose water is yeah, lovely. Make ro- rose water. <laughs> I mean, if you like, this is I keep thinking like. Um, because that's my problem. My my water's a little boring. <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing to eat, and also this water's very well, boring. Well, this is my first. This is what I've been thinking about while you've been talking. <laughs> is um, is is if you had just gra- <laughs> grass and shit like that. Right? This is what the podcast should be called. This is what I've been thinking about <laughs> while you've been talking. Because that is true. That is what I do so much of the time. It's just you say Al's just saying some stuff, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. how about this? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're done. <laughs> Um, it's not really a conversation. It's just two monologues yeah, <laughs> getting fine. in the way of each other. No, but occasionally they add to each other. Yeah. You know? All right, here's what I think, right? You, so you've got all this grass. You're like, all right, there seems to be a, a fair bit of grass. We can probably eat it. But you first you collect it into a bunch, right? Yep. And you realize you've made a salad. Yeah. Right? Oh, nobody you go, wants that. But then you try it and you go, you go okay, it's fine, but it, it could use... <laughs> Some dressing. You could use something a little bit acidic. Mm. Would you piss on your salad? <laughs> it's like a little. Just like a like little, it's kind know. of na- the body's balsamic. Is it's, that what yeah, you're thinking? It's the body's like like you know at least white wine vinegar, <laughs> apple cider maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think apple cider. Would has I some, piss has on some... my salad? <laughs> yeah. Would you piss on your salad to make it better? <laughs> I mean. Okay. What about okay? I'm sorry. not. Uh, that's not my first port of call, no. right? If I found out I can survive on grass, and I've been eating grass salads for a month, mm-hmm. and there's no other like garnish or flavoring in sight, there's nothing. I might piss on a salad. Just one salad, <laughs> just to see. Yeah, just to see. But, just but like... I also feel like grass isn't at a premium. So if I have a bite of that salad and I'm not into it, I chuck it away. I'm going to go get some, just some different grass. Okay, right. But 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 if you if you were just running out of grass and you really had to. Savor each blade. Yeah, I want to try and make the most of my last bowl of grass. Yeah, I got to roll the dice and piss <laughs> on. It. I think I think you would you couldn't throw away your salad no matter what. It's yeah, just, no, that's to, true. You'd have to just eat it. I I mean this is a thing that I you know growing up on a small farm yeah would often do just pluck a, like a long piece of grass because you get those long ones that are sort of like maybe got a bit of seed on the end or something mm. like that. pluck it and it's got that soft end. You know, nice oh, soft yeah. end. You could bite that. I would do that quite, quite often. That's quite kind of sweet. Yeah, I never, I never knew what people it's very are, edible like, when people put those things in their mouth. Like you know, because you you do that when you're a kid, you mimic what you've seen cowboys do or whatever, putting yeah. that thing in your in yeah. their mouth, right? Chewing yeah. on a piece of corn. Well, <laughs> like a cob? No, no, no. Oh, so like a you know corn. Isn't it straw? Like a piece bit of, of straw. straw. Sorry, not yeah, corn. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Chewing on a piece of corn. That's. <laughs> You know, like cowboys. Like cowboys. Like cowboys do. Like munging into a cob. (laughs) Like a cowboy. Um, I wonder, you know, does it work well to eat corn while you're riding a horse? Like on the cob? Yeah, on the cob. Like, you know, not a bowl of like, like, (laughs) you know, like... Chowder. Yeah, you're taking it off the... It's getting crazy. All right. So, but what are they doing when they are putting that grass in their mouth? I don't know. Like, what are they getting out of it? Like, I, so, so you're saying that that there's a soft bit that is a bit sweet. Yeah, like you know, so, but that's a green blade of grass. They're always chewing like a dry bit of 
straw in there. Yeah, or like, well, I don't it know feels it like it's a joke that people would make about farmers that, like, you know, they're eating straw or something because they. But and then, and then someone's just like, well, let's just make them do that in a American TV show, and then yeah. that's just become the. That's it, what you could do. it be a could it be a blade of wheat? Could could be wheat, but but I mean wheat. You do, you don't eat the blade. You eat the seed. You know what? I don't think I know anything about wheat. You eat the seed, Alistair. Eat. Wheat is a little seed from the a, wheat grass. Okay, wheat. right, but it is a grass, right? It's a grass with its, it's seeds. It's a grass. Yeah, where's its seeds on its tip? On its tip up there yeah. on the this tip. Is something I thought of yesterday. Yes. Right, you know, like when you cross on the road, and. Uh, and and you're sort of trying to time it right with the cars coming and things yes. like that. Or sometimes an unexpected car comes. Right? A lot of people, I think maybe you might be one of those people, they'll keep, you'll just keep keep a steady pace, right? You won't really change your pace. You'll just be like... I am. You'll be pretty confident. You're like, you're like they won't hit me. But Alistair... They might want to hit me. Right? Like I, yeah, but, I've but, noticed that you're a fan of the scamper. I, you will scamper on a hair trigger like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, will, I will jog across... Pretty much, sometimes even if there are, are no cars. Yeah. And and I think it's because I'm not afraid to be a coward. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's like, I'll wear my cowardice on my sleeve. Like, yeah. I, unless there's like, you know, someone will hurt me for being a coward. Mm. Then I'll, then I'll, I'll mask it. <laughs> <laughs> with bravery. Yeah. With, you know, but, but I think, you know, you, you got to not be afraid to just be who you really are. Oh, it's a beautiful message. It's a pity that it's coming from such a coward, and I can't respect it. I think I think the age of the coward is coming. It's amazing that in the, uh, I think like first and second world wars, I don't know. Did they have conscription in the second world war? Was that only the first? I think so. Right, but you could be a um, conscientious objector, right, in the first world war, but only if you had a certain religion. Right, like if you're a Quaker or something like that, and you say, oh, on religious grounds, I I cannot fight. But if you were just a coward yeah. or uh, lazy mm. or disinclined or busy, yeah. you know, you had something else on, you uh, could go to prison for, for, for not wanting to do it. Wow. You, would you say if you had something else on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, busy. Like, like, oh, you could be a conscientious objector. That's That's okay. But if you're an unconscientious objector... So just like a busy objector. Just a busy, <laughs> otherwise occupied. I think Trump might be one of those guys. Trump uh, got out of Vietnam War call-up because he had f- foot spurs, something in his foot. Oh. He had like a ankle s- heel spurs, I think. Oh, that's good. A little bone growth thing that made it... That was, Well, that was what his doctor wrote on his... I think uh, a friend has got that. But I mean, he would be great at going like, just give, tell me, just write it down. Trump would be, yeah, yeah, just, just whatever it takes, just get it, get me out of it. Absolutely. I I read an article that was all about the history of his draft dodging, mm-hmm. and he uh, has a history of draft dodging. Yes, I mean, draft dodging sounds like a perfectly fine thing to do around the home. Nobody oh, likes a draft. Absolutely. So, right? you know, like, so people who use those snakes that go oh, on, the draft excluder, yeah. That's a draft dodger. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Dirty d- draft dodger. <laughs> um. So wait, I can't remember where where were we before. Uh, we were talking about conscientious objection and uh, busy objection. Oh well, yeah, I think maybe I was thinking about okay, but if you're a coward, right? Yes. Okay, wait. So what? It's a big if, Alistair. I'm gonna try and imagine it. Okay, like, so so wait, wait. The idea of I guess of being brave. 
Yes. Is that if you're brave, you go and like, you know, you, you go and challenge whatever the threat is, and then you'll, hopefully you'll win, and then you'll survive, and you'll be like, you know, you'll be rewarded for that. Mm. But then if you're a coward, you just see a threat, and you just get out of there, and then you survive. Same outcome, <laughs> right? It's just you don't need other people's praise as much. Yeah. I, I, um, do you think that maybe, like, everyone feels fear to the same extent, but then just some people overcome it? Like, you know, uh, th- there must be a certain amount of that, right? Like, mm. maybe, th- I guess there are some people who don't feel any fear. Probably. Probably have some sort of a brain tumour, which for a lot of people would be a very scary thing to hear, but not for them, thank God. No, for them, they're lucky. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> a tumour. They, they took the news really with, with a lot of calmness, a lot of poise. I must say, you're taking this very well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank this, you for making this easy for me yeah. as your doctor. Yeah. Me, the, the news that you experience no fear due to your <laughs> brain tumor. Um, is, there, is there something in that? Some sort of a sketch in a, in a doctor having to deliver the news that somebody is incapable of fear? Or maybe not fear, but like you're incapable of... Um, you have a... a an operable tumor, and you're incapable of being upset. I'm, I'm so sorry about that, this. I that's get... fine. Don't bother yourself with it. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. That well, was a short that was sketch. The whole joke, yeah. <laughs> I mean, where else would that person's life go? I mean, he doesn't have any ups and downs. <laughs> like, I guess it's like, how do you? Can you make a? Can you make a a story about somebody who doesn't really feel any? challenges you know like what like does the, does the, the does the hero's journey require somebody to uh to struggle i think it does i think that's the hero's journey isn't it? they got to have some kind of i haven't read the whatever the book is story by robert no no but ludlum or whatever no, i think the hero's journey comes from uh the, the big big man there what's his name god uh, no no the other one the guy oh, who did the, luke skywalker yeah well no he wrote about that um the hero with a thousand faces. Yeah, that wrote that. Yeah, that's what I was trying to reference when I said Robert. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know what he was called. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, it's in there. But yeah, but what if is is there a person? How could you struggle if you didn't feel pain? Yeah, right. That, uh, what about somebody who's just numb? Because that sounds like the part where they would overcome the fear by you know or overcome something you know. But but what if what if their struggle was wanting to feel? Well, is that the um, uh, Wizard of Oz? Is that is that the Tin Man? If I only had a heart, is that is that sort of what his struggle was? The thing was, mm. though, that he was actually a really sensitive, uh, very passionate, he very seemed. passionate and sensitive. I mean, uh, look how much he wanted to have a heart. There you go. I mean, there seemed <laughs> to be a lacking of. I mean, how could how could you put somebody who doesn't feel anything into a situation in which they would need to get something? Well, I, I think that is that is the problem, right? Because we, we, we have to empathise with this person in some way for them to be, don't we? Like yeah. I, I, I can't think of a story in which we follow and relate and care about a hero who doesn't feel anything. What if he's like a spoilt rich kid? Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm relating to this guy. Yeah. I'm feeling 
empathy, and I would like to see him Rem- succeed remember in his the, quest. Remember the guy, him and his mom, they were like trying to get off on some charge by saying that... He had affluenza? Yeah, half affluenza. He'd, he'd killed some people in a hit and run or something like that, and they were saying, well, he, he shouldn't go to prison. He's by be- means of like mental impairment because of his affluenza. He's, he's rich and has had a really easy life. And he can't, won't be able to handle going to prison. N- or... Not not even that. He just doesn't really understand the consequences of his actions, right? Like he he's never really been. Man, that was a real long shot that they had taken there. <laughs> it's, it's a hail mary. I mean, Do you think that the lawyer came up with that one? I don't know. They might they might have come up with it themselves. Well, I mean that's interesting because you know. There's only a, probably a limited number of defences that a lawyer can do. There's only certain, you know, angles of, of, mm. of on which you can defend your client, right? And so you've got to try new things occasionally, especially in those risky situations. You know, it's like medicine. Yeah. You know, we 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 don't have a an exact cure for this, but if you're happy to be a test case, we're going to try out an experimental treatment. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you've clearly done this. You clearly did this on purpose. You yeah. clearly w- wanted to kill these people and things like that. So we're going to try. There's a chance this could work. Yeah, it's got a 1% chance, right? And if we can do it, I'll tell you what. This, like, like this is a lawyer who, who wanted to, like, he was looking and hoping to get, a, like, a lot of very rich clients. Yeah. Right, and so he's like, "This is the per. It's catered to rich people." Oh my god, that's true, this isn't is it? Like, if to- if he had successfully got that guy off on that claim, then he, he would have been minting it. Mm. Like, no, no troubles from here on in. He had the he had the billionaire market cornered. <sighs> that's quite good. I yeah. think there's a sketch in that yeah. somehow. So you think, yeah, um, the. Can we can we reference the exact case? I I I I don't know if Do you we think can. Just legal reasons. Yeah. I uh, I well I think just because people died in an accident, I think it would be a bit grim. Yeah, but you but, know what? We could not mention those. <clears throat> oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> we just refer to it as the happening. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Your guilt in the happening has been established by many eyewitnesses. I'm going to start writing this thing down. I know it's not quite there no, yet. No, 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 that's okay. So I think um I think I think we can make it a hypothetical scenario in which, you know, the 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 lawyer comes in and just lists the uh um, you know, the the litany of evidence against this guy, makes it really clear how guilty he is. Mm. And and then says, "Okay, well we don't have many options." Um, you know, and this you know we could give this a go and uh, and if it works it'll it'll be great for you and it'll be amazing for me it's going to be particularly good for me i mean obviously it's going to be great for you that you got to uh, experience the joy of killing a man <laughs> and then get off scot free scot free with no consequence obviously your name has been tarnished somewhat and the fact that we've this has made the news because this is a very this is a is a very public case at the moment, and uh, and uh, believe me, after I attempt this particular line of defence, you are not going to be a popular man. No, but it is a sort of a scorched earth policy as far as defence goes. But you know, you can probably go to a place where uh, there's mostly people like you, and mm. uh, and you know, like it'll just be it'll it'll turn into just a 
interesting uh, dinner And if this turns out to be successful, as I say, there's going to be a lot more people like, the, like you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll be living pretty sweet. I mean, I will. You'll obviously be riddled with guilt. Unless you have that affluenza thing, for real. This, I mean, it's, it does seem like very rich people are, in some way, less... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Sensitive to human emotion. Do you think that's possible? Do you think that, like, really, really rich people are, it? you know, that... It, it switches off some part of your empathy, well, your, the, your ability to mm. connect to other people's feelings and sufferings. and Yeah, I do think so because the I reality think, I of think the... you don't need to be nice to people as much because right. yes. you don't need it for survival. And mm. you are used to people doing things for you. And mm. that's how you come to regard other people as people who serve your needs. And other people would become a threat to what you've got. Yeah, yeah. They're the only people who can really ruin it. And so in that sense, is there is 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 could you say that like a lack of empathy is like a symptom of, you know, or it's like a a side effect of of being rich. Yeah, I would and, say that And the, is that then a legitimate are, defense? Are victims. Yeah. Like they have a mental illness brought on by substance abuse and that substance is money. Is money. Look, I I think Andy you would make a great lawyer. You know, I think that a lot. But but I think that despite their lack of empathy for people, I think they're still not allowed to to to, to kill, kill people. Uh well, I felt like I was onto something there. Allison. No, 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 it was good though because I think look, I think that, that we should try the affluenza defense again. Maybe this just this lawyer wasn't good enough. <laughs> Maybe he needed a whole team of lawyers. To yeah, think about it. yeah. Maybe think, he just needed to be paid more. Do you think being in a lot of law, law like that is just like just trying to come up with sketch ideas? <laughs> Sorry, I just had an idea. Yeah. <laughs> is that like, as someone who's like in a situation where they needed a, a legal defense team, right? <laughs> they they have quite a bit of money and they can afford to get one really really good lawyer, right? Or they can get like a hundred terrible lawyers, and they go with a hundred terrible lawyers. I think that's really fun. <laughs> you just have some scenes in which they're all in the room together, all coming into the. You're on my client. <laughs> Did you say you're on I'm the client because that is the kind of thing that a hundred terrible lawyers would say. Well, maybe as well as, you know, he has it's 101 lawyers because he's also representing himself. <laughs> yeah. Just to add to the team. And they all speak exactly mm. in unison. But all terribly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all make, they go, um, <laughs> um, no, wait a second. Wait, oh, I forgot my briefcase. Well, yeah, <laughs> looking through the briefcase. They're in here somewhere. <laughs> 
and they're all, are they all looking through the one briefcase? It's all perfectly choreographed. <laughs> They've all got their own briefcase, and you just like all the clicks happen at the same time. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I I like that a lot. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why this person would choose to have the hundred terrible lawyers. Maybe they have just decided that there's strength in numbers, or it's like some kind of. I mean, I mean, I guess the theory would be that you know one one really good lawyer could still make a mistake, but if you have a hundred terrible lawyers, maybe they'll sort of like through group think. Or, or group think and like organic structures mm. be more be stronger. Achieve they, they might form some kind of super organism, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that that can is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, and maybe like maybe if they did, all start standing on each other, sort of mm. like piling up. Like are they like that the, that group of ants that that all connect Soldier together ants. and form like an like a boat? Have you seen mm. that one where they form a boat? Is 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 that real or have you just seen that in the movie The Ant Man? No, no, no. This was that that, that was real because I've seen them form a bridge. There's there's a there's a type of ants that they don't even have a nest. They just go and climb up onto like like inside a cave and and some they of just, them just hold onto the, the nest. wall. Yeah, and then they just kind of yeah form a nest like, and it's just it looks like it just looks horrifying. <sighs> it just looks like a big droopy, like just droopy, Blob. weirdly weird structure that moves. That it looks like an upside down glacier made of like sort of wire, a live wire. <laughs> <laughs> this is going back to our guy from last week who who's just really good at describing <laughs> animals. <laughs> Can't draw them for shit. Yeah. No, he's, just, <laughs> like, he's a poet. He's a poet. He's got a gift of the gab. Gift of the gab. Gift I wish I gab. had the gift of the gab. Oh man, Do you you know how often I think about wishing that I have the gift of the gab. <laughs> I think about all the time. This is what I, I'm constantly contemplating. I'm going every time I pause. That's all I'm thinking about. Uh, to be honest, I must think about it over ten times a day. <laughs> all I want to do is start like. Recording podcasts by myself. Oh yeah, that, no. Look, that this. Believe me, Alistair, uh, you're not the only one who's thought that. And I all think right? about it be, because I think that it will make my brain work faster and be able to like. Because this is the problem is that when I'm talking to you, which is great, Andy, I love it. Thank you, Alistair. I love it, and if anything, I like it too. It makes me better. It makes me seem better than I am <laughs> because I'm teamed up with somebody that's better than I am. In a way, and we're like two ants clinging together to form the to- a structure. Yeah, like an upside down <laughs> glacier. <laughs> Made of living wire. Live wire. Um, anyway, and then and I, I and I have this theory that if I just was to speak for an hour or two a day mm. of just pure speaking, then my brain would start getting be- more used to that, and then I would be I would become a better talker, and it would make me better at everything that I want to achieve in my life. But you 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 can't do it. Well, I just don't have the organization. <laughs> you really need a second person I to need, make it happen. Well, I need I need a I need to like somehow spend an hour a day learning to become better at organizing things, mm. and then mm. and then that's two hours of my day that I've lost. Where that that there is not a a mind hack that we can do that yeah. will just make us more organized is. Is is appalling, and I think it's really tragic that whatever is required to make you more organised requires 
a level of organization that yeah. I just do not possess. I don't have it. I'm not, I'm not able to fix myself. If I went to someone and said, you know, can you help me to become more organized? I guarantee that whatever they asked me to do would involve organization. No, it would be the worst. You know, it'd be like, okay, well, you just need to get a routine. I'm like, you well, see, that's just another word for out. organization. All so, right. Do you think you need to pay somebody? Do you think that's what it is? I wonder, because there are people who just seem to do so much with their time. I know, but I think they're all manic depressive. <laughs> I think all of them have mania, essentially. Right. Yeah, okay, so, that's and, interesting. And you're only seeing them when they're doing good. Yeah, and then they're packing the rest of the time pretty solid with hating themselves and wishing for death. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And like, they get a lot of that done as well. And I think, um, but I mean, like, I think anxiety and mania and things like that help with a lot of productivity for a lot of people. But for a certain amount of time. For a certain amount of time. Um, but, like, I just listened to a podcast today, Meet the Composer, right? And yep. the guy in it wrote, in the last 10 years, wrote, like, two operas. He wrote, like, three viola concertos. Mm. He wrote all this stuff. And then after those 10 years, he's like... Actually, I've had some mental illness issues. And you go, well, you know, it's it's awful that you've done that. Look yeah. at how much you've achieved. Yeah. And it's so amazing. And I will never write one opera. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll try, <laughs> Maybe I'll try that tonight. I'll add that onto the other shit I'm trying to get organized to do. But so, and then meanwhile, us, who are mostly happy and comfortable, mm. yeah, nothing's coming out. Yeah, I... I, I... I I I think you're right, and I think like there's a because it's all tied in with like perfectionism and that sort of thing, and there's a there's a there's a thing that must drive people, which is like an essential dissatisfaction mm. with with themselves or with um you know with what they've achieved to that point that drives them to work harder, which is silly yeah. because I have an essential dissatisfaction with everything I've achieved. Yeah. And a, yet, Alistair, mm. I am not driven. Yeah, well, uh, it could just be that maybe you need to be, be more organized. Maybe <laughs> that's all it is. Maybe they're really organized. Maybe they don't, they're not all manic. Oh, shit. I know. No, you were, was, I really had an out there. I, I know. Should, I wish the conversation had ended two minutes ago. I know. When well, I was like, oh, I, when I just pitied successful people instead of oh, envying was, them. That was really good, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if only we could stop wanting. But the thing is, is I enjoy doing all the things. Like I like, I enjoy doing things when I get to when I finally can get myself sitting down and doing them. Yeah, which is also strange. Mm. That 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 we're doing what we love. We have the time to do more of it. Well, yeah, I don't have that no, much we time. Don't. time. You know what Alice I started watching got a lot. So of? much time. You know, okay, like this is what you've started watching a lot of is your baby. No, well, other than that, and and he's pretty good. But he's got molars coming through right now. Mm. Man, brutal. Yeah, that That's is. A, those are the. Those are big teeth. Yeah, big teeth. Big and blunt. Right, yeah. like, <laughs> like yeah, when they come to... through, that's not a slicing. That's no. not a clean cut. That is a it's, bursting. Yeah, it's trying to like push a baseball bat through like. Through, I don't know, like... A yoga mat. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, through a yoga mat. And anyway, but... Wait, oh, what was that? What were we just talking, talking about? Talking about your son. Talking about oh, watching... What, been watching oh, you, what of, you've been watching a lot of. Some, this is like... This is the worst of the worst stuff you can watch. And I, I enjoy it so much. Really? It's... um, It's... 
people torture looking porn. at looking at three houses and picking which one they want to buy. What do you mean? Like house hunters, right? It's on like the lifestyle channel, right? And this is like, and the ones that I like the most is when people are like, it's in like Fort Lauderdale or somewhere that's like coastal, and people are picking like coastal. Alistair, <laughs> who are you? I know, I know, and I like. You like to watch video of people who can afford a house and sometimes choosing between three different coastal properties. Yeah, it's it's become it's become sickening. Like and they go <gasps> and, and, and and this is the two things that are, are the most. But you ridiculous. hate those people. Oh, I hate them. Of course, I hate them. Right. But there's something about the show that I really like. I think it's like you know you know when you like you've you ever gone house hunting for. You know, like w- with your parents when they were looking for a house or something like that. Or I've had crazy times where I thought I could buy a house and I've looked at houses. Yeah, and do and looking at a house feels so good because you can just you're imagine you're, everything, imagining everything. Like you're imagining your life in there and all that kind of shit. And every floor in the house, you're like, well, that's a great opportunity to fix that up. Oh yeah, that's I know. And everything that. that's good about the house, you're like, that is a fantastic feature. Yeah, and you can't lose. Yeah. Everything's it's all yeah. potential. It's, like it's buying, a fantasy it's land. Like buying a lottery ticket. Yeah. You know? And so this is what that is, but it's just like you get to see these fucking assholes who have a $900,000 budget. Or, to be honest, like in some of these places, they only have like a $400,000 budget, and they're getting these amazing places in America. Wow. Yeah. And so, and then I guess the funny thing is, is that for some reason, these people in America are fixated on, on this, right? They go into the, let's say the, the master bedroom has an ensuite. Yeah. They go in and they go, either they go, Oh my god, great. It's got a double vanity. Right? Which is the two sinks. Yeah. Right? Or they go, Oh, only one sink. <laughs> and I and I can't believe and that. You love that, that. Would, I can't you, believe that. that is would, that your favorite bit of the show? It's one of my favorite things. Or they always come in, they go, Oh, I love those marble granite uh, those marble kitchen bench tops. tops. Yeah, bench tops. Oh. Like and those are the two things that almost every single couple will mention. <laughs> they go uh, or 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 it's like they, they 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 mention their their wants at the beginning, right? So they mentioned like so like there was one where they're like this the, the woman was like I don't I don't like uh like a fireplace I don't like fireplaces because uh you have to like rearrange the furniture in a weird way so it's all kind of facing the the fireplace yeah right and so then each place they go into they always have to make allowances. And each place had a fireplace <laughs> in it. And she's like, Lynn, this place has got a fireplace. <laughs> and and like you could just see them getting annoyed with the yeah, real estate agent. And some real estate agents handle it way better than others. And some of them like are like, Yeah, well it's part of the deal. And the other ones just go <sighs> Anyway, is that a sketch? <laughs> I know. I just I'm just really gobsmacked that you like that kind of thing. Because I feel like I would probably enjoy that, but the number of times you have mocked me for liking boring television, yeah. and that just sounds so tedious. Yeah, at least like th- th- there is a British version. They're not even building the houses, Alistair. If they yeah. were building them and there was like a vision and a journey, but no, it's no. just like this one, that one, that one. There is a British that version because, like, you know how like the things that I've made fun of you um, for. Are British. Are British. Watching yeah, British. British things that are super boring. So boring. Right? And there is a British version of this that somehow, for some reason, they've stretched it out to an hour episode. And what do you think of that? It's It was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> because 
you just want come on show me the place tell me what you love and you hate let's get out of there right yeah. and then show me the place tell me what you love and hate and and three houses three three you know three ad breaks it all there's a beautiful symmetry there people often pick the worst house oh that must be satisfying as well it's it's off like like sometimes it's like a house there's like three okay one is the cheapest one is the middle and one is the most expensive right and then sometimes the cheapest one is way better than the middle one yeah right and they go We'll take the middle one. <laughs> then you go, you idiots. <laughs> the, at least the expensive one had everything that you wanted. Yeah. At least the, 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 the cheapest one was better than the middle one and cheap. See, this is our, you know, I mean, once upon a time, we would have gone to the Coliseum and we would have watched, um, you know, Christians being fed to lions. Yeah. And in a way, this is the equivalent of it, right? Like, you yeah. know, you are watching people that you dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, be uh, sort of tested and yeah. tormented and then subjected to a fate that you would not wish upon yourself. Yeah, so, I, yeah, it is weird. So, yeah, and, and maybe, like, what else is it? Like, it's also that the houses are things that I would like to have. Sure. I guess I assume that I probably would like to just own a house. Yeah. Even I, I don't want to have to go through any of the process of owning a house, but mm-hmm. I would love to own That's how a I feel about abs. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about abs as well. But I even feel like if I had abs for even a short period of time, I think the novelty would wear off. You know, I just probably like abs for a couple of hours. You know what's great about both houses and abs? Yes. They're both things that action stars own. You know, I don't think there's an action I think, star I in think, the world that doesn't own a house. Yeah, I think there's an action star in the world that doesn't have abs, though. I think there yeah? are plenty. Really? I don't think Stephen Seagal has any abs. No? I, 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 I reckon Bruce. I reckon Bruce Willis doesn't have any abs, either. Oh, he must have had I don't, abs. I don't reckon he's ever had abs. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon... Even during his de- Demi, Demi Moore days? I reckon Bruce she Willis... Bruce Willis had confidence. I reckon he had abs on his confidence. I reckon his confidence could do all sorts. Do you think, does he call people friend all the time? Don't know. And he goes, how are you doing there, friend? Like that. Yeah, when you put it like that, it sounds like he does. Well, I think it's probably a line in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry I took us down that house hunt. Hey, no, no, that was, I had a great time. I feel like I learned a lot about you. Yeah? Yeah. We have four sketches. We need one more sketch. Well, okay, so what about some sort of house hunting type okay, well, type it's, scenario? It's, it's right on topic. Right, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm 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 picturing. Uh, well, okay, you had an idea. Oh, I, my, my my first thing went to uh, arsonists, and they have to choose a house to burn down. But uh, okay, look, that's not you know. Yeah, yeah. Like here, what, nor what, there. What are other things that people strive for? Because I guess like this is what I guess the part is that it's it's like having it's like seeing something that you can see yourself in a chair. I guess that's why also dating shows are things that people like watching, you know? Yes. Because you go, oh, yeah, I'd like that person. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was another show that I started enjoying was First Dates at one point. Oh, someone else was talking to me about First Dates recently. Yeah. It, sound, just... it sounds dreadful. Yeah, it is. But it's great. Like, I think, I think all of these things are awful because I think maybe, like, it's built into us to just automatically hate reality TV, right? Like, that's, I mean, that's a thing society expects of us. Expects of us. I don't know. I, I think I think we have, 
I think it's a thing that we expect of society. And I think when you get out there in the real world, Alistair, so many people love reality No, absolutely. But the people that we respect and that we want respect for and these arbiters of what is cool and good in culture... They're the ones that would give tell you like that that is garbage. Okay, right, right? but that's not society. Well, it's your society. It's like, my society. It's it's not necessarily like you know, the people in the arts are, you know, are kind of garbage people. They are, <laughs> and we've failed. We have failed. It is everyone. It's our fault that Donald Trump is a is a president. It's, look, I think it 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 ends up just coming down to uh, the flawed nature of. Uh, the fact that just because like the, the the votes were down on both on both accounts, yeah. but like Hillary's number of votes were way de- lower than the previous thing, so it just sure. happens that right. that more less people were excited about. Going she was an uninspiring candidate. It was. I think it ends up be and because it ends up coming down to just voter turnout. It's 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 crazy that that's the case, but also I do think that like the left and progressives have failed to. Ma- I love political correctness, and a lot of people have been talking about political correctness during and after the election as being like a big issue. I love political correctness. I think yeah. political correctness is one of our best inventions as human beings. Yeah. But I think the way that we have promoted political correctness has been really bad yeah. and made it seem like an awful, shitty, boring, and unpleasant thing for a lot of people. As in, as in and, not, and I'm not saying that like racists should, should if we talked about political correctness better, actual racists would have changed their minds. But I think there's a lot of people who, because of the way we've talked about political correctness, have been turned off from the idea and just turned to anything other than that. I don't want I don't want to be associated with those people who make me feel bad. Yeah, well I think yeah, I think political correctness ends up being associated with getting yelled at. Yeah, and alienated. Yeah. And but also I don't think I'm okay with like I don't think there's any effectiveness in calling people a racist. Right? Totally. I, that's what I think about, like Brexit, right? We th- we 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 called the opposition idiots and racists, and then they won, right? And then Trump, well, we were like, well, uh, let's try calling the opposition idiots and, and racists. racists, and uh, anyway, they won again. So yeah. I don't know what it is, but next time we are definitely going to call the opposition idiots and racists, and yeah. we will see what happens. Yeah, and then there's the, the there's the, the opinion that maybe that like this. Have you heard read any of this Naomi Klein thing? Uh, I've seen her name a lot. I haven't read it recently. I think basically she's just been saying that this is a failure of neoliberalism. I have seen that written down, mm. and I don't and so quite. I, know I don't what really it means. know much, a hundred percent about what that means. But it's it's but, it's but basically it's that it's that this uh, the idea of free market and sure and sort of deregulation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, which has led to the current situation where there's an underclass of people who mm. uh, have lost their jobs and, and are locked out of and are locked out of things opportunities but, then, and... but but that basically we're into the second generation of this right right and so this second generation which is kind of our generation uh, not only are having trouble getting jobs but that they're they don't also don't have any savings from when times were good. And so they don't have anything to fall back on, mm. and so it's, it's and it comes from the inequality, like the the inequality that basically this system has created, and Trump is promising a, a solution to that, whereas mm. uh, Clinton was coming at it, going, "Hey, this solution is good, like this system is good, and yeah. if we can fix it, we can fix it from within the system, like that." Yeah, and so then that's kind of what's failed. Yeah. Now, is there a sketch in that? <laughs> 
but maybe there there's a sketch in something in like in the in the underclass and people who can't like what there's got to be something about inequality you know like oh there's got to be something about inequality Alistair. like how can you how can you picture how can you make uh, a very easily viewable image like like uh like how can representation you, representation of the way that money is essentially being siphoned upwards and and mm. and how little is going downwards yeah okay well um what about what about someone who's coming around selling raffle tickets right and in some way the raffle yeah. uh or you know whatever the scheme is mm. that they're selling these tickets to uh, represents uh, the current uh, capitalist model. Okay. Right. So you you buy uh, you buy fifty tickets. You know you can yeah. you, you can you can buy. Uh, all right. Well, you maybe you can buy one ticket, right? Okay. Or you can buy fifty tickets, or maybe you can buy a different ticket, which is much more expensive. Or maybe you can pay the person who's the raffle. Or you just give them the fifty. I don't know. Anyway, it, I feel like. It, it, Trying to actually get into the discussion of breaking down how the metaphor works would probably take ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a sketch in, just write it down. No, but... No, trust me, it's just write it down. No, 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 so no, the raffle thing, Andy's raffle thing, and just write that down, and then that, that's okay, a sketch. Wait, I'll write Andy's... Andy's raffle thing, I'll, he'll write it He'll write it later on. Oh, you, you've just put Andy's a, Andy, TBC, and then Andy will write the raffle thing, and then we've done it, we've, it's finished. But each model, each, each ideology... <laughs> Must have. I'll do it tomorrow. You must <laughs> look. It, it's written down. <laughs> it is written down, and it is here. The reason. The reason so why. Bad. The reason why I'm not giving it any time is because no, this is this is the exact part of myself that I hate. You know, like hey, I'll work on that later. I'll yeah, figure it, was, it out. It's supposed to be a joke. No, no, it was good. It was good. I know, and I'm sorry that I don't have any humor when it comes to what I feel is my greatest failings. Um, but do you think that each economic ideal or whatever it is must have like there must be any a way of visualizing it like like of of modeling it to see how that will affect society right like it must there must be ways of predicting the way right like like the the shortest way for for someone who has a lot of money to make money from that and 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 the way that most people will make money from it. So I, I did, uh, I don't want to brag, Alistair, but when I was doing my engineering course, I also took an elective in uh, microeconomics or maybe macroeconomics, mm-hmm. I can't remember, 101. Okay. And uh, we, I mean, they do have models, you know, economists have models for all sorts of things. And, you know, there was a very simple model that they showed us that was about supply and demand. And okay. they, you could use that to model um, different taxation models and that sort of thing, different regulation models. Mm-hmm. And you could see which ones return the greatest value to the economy and that sort of thing. And they made a, you know, in that course, in the commerce department, they made a very persuasive case for uh, free trade, you know, for not having any tariffs and for total open everything like that and they could show you on the graph they could just draw a really simple graph and show like well this is where the value goes and this is you know this is clearly the best model because you can see here this returns the most to the economy and it's you know maximum returns to everyone you know the people in china the people over here everybody gets the most out of when we have this system where there are no boundaries and everything is shared um not everything is shared that would be socialism everything (laughs) is uh you know 
Open. Open, yeah. Um, so you can you can definitely model things. I think what that model didn't show is what happens to the people that doesn't work for. Yeah, or 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 when you see that everybody's getting the maximum amount, like the economy's in, getting the maximum the, amount. Who are the people in the economy who get that? Yeah, and yeah, and and, but let's say like like when when let's say let's say people are getting the amounts, like you know whoever's getting a, a huge amount. What are the differences in in how much they're getting? Yeah, right, and and like, the inequality. Yeah, yeah, because like. There's a certain amount where it's like money is just flowing upwards. There's just being siphoned off from the from the economy. Essentially. Yeah. Like I don't know what is the economy. <laughs> <laughs> is the economy just the people? Um. What is the economy? Yeah. Like like when I, it's they say, the su- it's the sum total of all the financial transactions, isn't it? That's the so the when economy. They, when they say so, is it, are they saying that there's more financial tra- transactions, or is saying more money is going to people? Or is more money going to companies? Or is I think I think you know within more a, within going a, to the government. I think the idea that was in that was within this unit, which I think was the country mm. in the subject we were doing, more money comes in. But I think you could also generalize it down to smaller groups and bigger groups. But yeah, because it's like it's it's a weird thing to model because you're. You're talking about just movement of money, and so is, the, is it is it better to have more money movement? Is that what a good economy does? I think so. Yeah. So I it's like probably. essentially it's like turbulent water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everybody gets wet, everybody, which is what you want. Yeah, you want everyone. And then there's good. There's good. Like it's it's just it's it's all greased up. But there's also no... part of this idea for the f- proper functioning of the economy that they were teaching us, and I'm remembering back to several years ago, Alistair, but was that the idea that every human being is a rational self-maximizer, right? Which is that every person makes correct choices, makes informed and accurate choices about what is best for them, right? So when you make any financial transaction mm-hmm. in, your, in this model, the idea is that you know what is best for you and you know enough information to make the choice Mm-hmm. That is that thing that is best. That so, will get that best thing. Okay, so I think maybe that's where there's a sketch. Right. So if you're describing that, and then you're talking about that, and then during that, you've just got a picture of a man <laughs> who is the example while you're yeah. saying that. Yeah. So you explain, and so he's, he knows the best thing about that, and he goes, uh-huh. Uh-huh, like that, and then he goes, uh, and he points to like porno magazines <laughs> and like, you know, like Twiggy sticks. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know... uh and things like that, and, and, and a bunch of scratchies. Yeah. Right. And then, so that that that's that's his contribution to the yeah. economy. And then and then it keeps explaining it. Um, I think maybe yeah, like a contrast between the what the the economists think, uh, or or what the, the 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 economic assumptions are in these models mm. and and the reality of. I th- I th- and I I I I think that's good. I think there's definitely something in that. I think like trying to explain. Even if we like start off with the lecture and then somehow transition into a situation like suddenly we're in a real world situation, we're at a party or we're you know at a shop or something, mm. and you know maybe even the lecturer is almost there without being seen by the person who's interacting, and they are justifying the decisions that they're making, the economic decisions, even if they're not strictly financial. Whatever sure. decisions they're making, they're justifying it on this economic basis of like the ways in which this will return value, because we do. I think a lot of the time when we make decisions, think we're being rational. 
right? And and that yeah. would be fun to like get to that like to have the economic economist in our brain. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of jumping yeah, yeah, around yeah. now, but like to have the e- economist in our the economist. I keep wanting to say the economist <laughs> in our brain, um, in a very like scientific and rational way, explaining the decisions that we've made and justifying them, even that when they are like terrible, terrible decisions, right? Like mm. about having another beer or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, and but but then yeah, but then I think that there's definitely some decisions that you make that are not necessarily to benefit you, or or there's a weird logic. So I think at some point maybe the the narrator, economist kind of person would would be like, actually, I'm not sure what he's doing right now, like. Because like there's sometimes when like right you know I know I know of like somebody kind of like who's who's walked in one direction realized they're walking in the wrong direction, right? But then been like I'm not going to turn around because I'm I'm worried that what what people around me are going to think, so I'm going to walk all the way around the block. Yeah, and I guess but but that that is that is in a way like you know you're making an economic. Yeah, you know, decision on the basis of like how much do I value the opinion of these strangers, yeah. you know, versus my time walking around the block. Yeah, yeah, but like I think yeah, maybe so. so okay, and and that makes sense. So I think at first, the the economist is like, okay, wait, I'm not sure what he's doing right now. Uh, okay, he seems to be walking in the opposite direction. Okay, yeah, no, but he's seen this person over there looking at him, kind of funny. Oh yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, oh no, no, you know, or, <laughs> he's or assessed he, that his disapproval is worth eight dollars seventy four. Yeah, yeah. So then he, yeah, he goes and like interrupts the person that's yeah. walking around. Like, go, what are you doing? Yeah. Okay, okay. So what he told me was that he he'd gone the wrong way, and then he realizing like, yeah, he saw yeah, that yeah. person over there, and he's like, oh, he didn't want to. Okay, cool. So, oh, theory still works. Yeah. I. I. What if like um. What if there's some sort of scenario where a the government has like assigned an economist to like observe this guy mm. and like maybe he's got a small class <laughs> like you know how you know sometimes there'll be a workplace placement for someone as part of their educational course right like my sister is studying mm-hmm. orthotics and prosthetics and she's gone to like hospitals and done a placement as part of that yeah, doctors do it all the time as well. They love um, it. They love it, Alistair. They, oh my god! Teachers love a placement. Doctors love a placement. Everyone loves a god little body placement. placement. Um, but uh, for some reason, this 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 person has been placed with just like a regular member of society, right? They're not mm-hmm. placed with a with an institution or a corporation. They're placed with a an individual. Yeah, and then maybe they have a small class of people who are also following them, and like. <laughs> Like a like a doctor would come around to your bed with a group of trainee uh, medical students, right, and talk to you about your condition mm. and observe you and poke you and prod you. But this is just like, yeah, a, a, an economist, a behavioral economist, or something who's just like following you around and like discussing your decisions with the class as you're making them. And it's like kind of it, you know maybe you're on a date or something, you're trying to talk to someone, mm. and and like. Everything that you do, he's saying, okay, so what he's doing here is he's trying to assert a sort of social hierarchy. And he's referring to yeah. certain norms. Um, you'll notice that he's uh, got his eyebrows raised, which suggests he's sort of a, an, a, a level of interest. But we can also tell from the fact that he's flicking with his fingers. Or, I, I don't know, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, that he's distracted. Yeah. 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 Okay, look, I've got economist. Uh, what was the word that you used? Uh, he's behavioral out. economist. Yeah, behavioral. Which uh, is a th- is a buzzword, or at least probably was about eight years ago. Which is where I get all my buzzwords from. Um, uh, and and that is, I think, behavioral economists are people who try and address the flaws in a, in the 
economic models that I was discussing earlier, those really basic ones that assume humans are all rational yeah. self-maximizers. Behavioral economics tries to actually connect it a little bit more with the way humans actually behave, which is, you know, a bit of a, probably a bit of a bloody good idea as far as I'm concerned, you know. You just can't just be living in a fantasy land the entire time. You can't just be uh, out there saying, well, this is what a... What a human is this little box here, a little tea box, colouring it a little square on a piece of paper. Square so paper. No humans are actually living, breathing creatures. Living, breathing. Oops, Andy, we're at the end. Oh, good. Look, I think she's been a longer one than some of the others. Yeah, you reckon she's been a long one? I feel like I've I've taken us through some through some flat spots. Alice, no, I I don't think so. I think we just learned a lot. We learned a about lot. you. Learned a lot about me. Learned a lot about you know. Uh, Economics 101. Yeah. Or, or whatever we remember. I think I think from, I, from I, think I really, ago. really brought some really interesting stuff. I think people, a lot of people are going to go with a real go home. informed... A lot of people are going to go home because I guess I imagine this is the kind of thing that you listen to on public transport. Yeah, this is the sort of thing. You can't listen to this in the, in, at home. Once this is shameful. You probably go to a internet cafe and listen to this. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Using a... What are, what are those? Uh, VPN... Oh, yeah, you would listen to this with a VPN. You don't want the, the government to know. Yeah. Take us through what we've uh, come up with today, Alistair. Okay, five sketches today are uh, the greatest achievement being uh, not making it to the top of Everest. Yes. Right, so it's actually a much greater challenge to get close to the top of Everest mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then decide not to, that you don't Con- need to make it all the, the way to the, the top. The Everest of ego. Yeah. Um, then... Uh, everything being is being destroyed, and then you've got a bag of seeds. Do you <laughs> plant them or eat them? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a weird sketch. Yeah. Um, I mean, could you fry them with a little bit of butter? Oh, absolutely. Do you, th- do you reckon you... they'd pop? Do you reckon you could get, like, pop? That's mm-hmm. the thing, though. Then they'd be really Moorish. That's the Light, problem. Lightly toasted. I mean, mm. especially if they're... Ooh. Yeah. Oh, if you could get them and get them to the ocean, dip them in. Bit of salt. A little salt on there. Sea salt too. Hey, that's that's classy. That's very classy. It's very yeah. middle class. Um, then there's a, a a lawyer who's attempting the affluenza defense so that he can uh, get a whole bunch of rich clients. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think he could have a few different ideas that he'd like. He, he's that are in in the tank, you mm-hmm. know, about defending people on the basis that they have too many cars. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. It's the reason why he hit somebody is because he has a lot of cars, and so he's yeah. more. Each each one of his kills should be worth less. <laughs> you divide that by the number of cars. Yeah, yeah and totally. So, yeah, at least you can get his defense per down. car. He's actually he's, well below the national average. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually hit way <laughs> few people than the average man. Um, <laughs> that's quite good. <laughs> Uh, you can either <laughs> afford one great lawyer, lawyer, or a hundred terrible lawyers. <laughs> I'll take a hundred terrible lawyers. Yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you. I don't know why you're so polite. And then we've got um, Andy's because he was brung up right, Alistair. Yeah, we got Andy's raffle thing to be con- <laughs> to be confirmed. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that one. That sounds good. And, and that's all. That's all we needed. So on that, we'll on finish. that, yep. And then we've got uh, a behavioral co- column economist who follows a guy around to explain his decisions and 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 the contrast. And then it sort of shows you the contrast maybe between some of the theory and 
some of the actual practice of economics, but he tries to explain mm-hmm. it, you know. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much while Andy clicks the stop button. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.